Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt's. You may know Roosevelt's as the company who makes those rad all-over print button-downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars, because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button-downs, but t-shirts, they do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hello there and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm Adam Russell. Hey, I'm Nick Gambarian. Hey everyone, it's Mike, Honda Supply. How are you guys? So good. It's Mike. Hey. I'm doing all right. Hanging in there? How are you doing over there in the dark, in the neon dark? It's electric. Feels electric. The lighting is exactly like the Kenobi lighting. I mean, I feel like I've generally been on theme. (laughs) Every time we've done a Star Wars podcast, I like to do a little bit of the, the dark side, a little mm-hmm. bit of the light. I like to have my toys with me just in case, in, in case we need to do Kenobi things. I mean, I'm ready. Dang. So <laughs> I'm ready. You're sorry, Anakin. You're sorry for all of it. You're crying about it even. We got something to talk about, don't we? We do. Yeah. So something came out recently. Um probably a week ago at the time of this recording. We won't do a proper um, stolen plans on this because there's just not enough. It's known as the Patterson Cut. It is an edit, a two and a half hour edit of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, the Disney Plus series, down to a feature film. It's something that you can't go watch on YouTube for obvious reasons, but you can get it via a website and a link to a link and then a WeTransfer download, right? Is that how you guys got it? Yep. yep. Exactly. It's a bit of an ordeal, um, but it's not too hard to find. And I, and I shared it to our, our Discord. So in preparation for this, I put it out there for the folks, uh, the patrons, to check it out if they want to. But we're going to do a review of it tonight. And I feel like we'll, I'll just say this at the top, we're probably going to be a little more critical than we are of actual canon Star Wars content, because we do want to answer the question that that we posed in the title of this, is Kenobi better as a film, as a movie, as a feature length thing rather than a series? So I, I kind of want to like get in and, and just talk about what we thought worked, what we thought didn't, and why. And I think it's going to be an interesting conversation. 
Did the both of you guys just watch it today or did you start watching it last night? Uh, yeah, I watched it today. I split it up. What do you think? Just immediate reactions, Nick? Um, it, it didn't make it better. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think whatever problems... <laughs> We're done. Written, written, directed by George Lucas. Uh, I like I. I think whatever problems you can point at in the series are still there. I, I don't really think it. It cut out a bunch, and I think I texted you guys while I was watching it today. I'm like, somehow they cut out hours of it, and it still feels just as long. So I don't. <laughs> yeah. it's, the series just. <laughs> good point. You know, like it, it's. I, I, it kills me to say that it wasn't my favorite thing that Disney's done in general. I think it had some all-time Star Wars moments in it, but like it's all still there. Yeah. It's just less of it. <laughs> For the most part, there were some major omissions, which we'll talk about later, but you're right. It is most of the set pieces throughout the six episodes just condensed, and some of it works. Some of it works like really brilliantly, and some of it's like wait a minute, how we get here? Yeah. Right. Like kind of over and over. Yeah. Mike, what was your initial reaction? Um, you know, I loved, I, you know, we get to the intro, we start watching it and there was definitely more of a creative cut explaining where Kenobi and Anakin had last seen each other and left off. And there was a lot more of the way that they handled the emotional part of their separation. Right. And I'm like, Oh man, this is, Probably this is what people had been, you know, kind of expecting talking about. Uh, and I think if I remember in the original series, we actually didn't get many flashbacks. We didn't get any flashbacks to Revenge of the Sith, right? We only got that in the like pre-roll that was like catching you up on the story, right? There, I mean, if you count like something. some audio and you count some quick flashes when. Um, I think it's Obi-Wan in the back to tank, maybe Vader as well. You know what I mean? Sure. Or like when, when there's the, uh, something in the, in the final duel, I feel like some quick stuff, but not like a sure. big scene. Yeah. Like yeah. They did so in this edit, in this edit, I thought there was, I, I appreciated the fan service of, of people really putting the, of, of Kai basically putting the weight on exactly where they were when they last saw each other. And there was, there was certainly something there that I thought was really interesting. Um, but as it went on, I was like, yeah, you know, and, and it, it, the, the interesting part of it for me is that like you guys are saying, it didn't necessarily make it better, but knowing everything that we know now about like the sequels and the editor of the film saying we were like basically editing the movie as we were shooting it, which is crazy. But that was, you know, Disney was like really trying to get this movie out, uh, by a certain date, you you think about it and you think, is this actually more the job of like what a Hollywood editor would have to deal with? Like sometimes they just get the dailies, they look at it and they're like, okay, the director is going to tell make a me, movie. yeah, we're going to put this stuff together, you know? And so in some ways, you know, this is, this is where you would go back and you wouldn't be, you might be able to change a couple script lines. Um, this is part of like why the writer's strike is so important right now, because like you're not able to do rewrites. Um, there's just a lot that it, it did feel uh, at times, certainly clunky, but I think all in all, I liked the condensed version of it. There were some parts that I wish wouldn't have been taken out. But at the same time, if we remember, James Mangold uh, was originally supposed to do the Boba Fett movie, and there was supposed to be... I Did they ever... Did they lock in a director for whoever they were going to have as being the Obi-Wan movie? Because that was the original uh, idea, correct? I don't think so. I don't remember. No, no director. Maybe some rumors. No. 
Okay. So regardless, it is interesting. It was all to rumors. See. It was never like no one ever said there was actually a Kenobi movie. Yeah. Like it's not like they announced it at celebration and then turned it into a series. Right. It was always a series. They just said Ewan McGregor is coming back as Obi Wan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think if I remember the grumbling, sure. If that was just a rumor, it was like it was supposed to be a movie. So this does give some uh, a little bit of an idea of what it would look like to be a two-ish hour film. Uh, but I agree with the content that's in there. It the maybe the maybe the story is too long uh, for the two and a half hours. Um, you know, and that could be. That that's Kai trying to make executive decisions of how to condense what's in there. Uh, there's no, you know, oftentimes you get reshoots, you get that kind of stuff to make the the story a little bit more concise. It's very common. Uh, he wasn't able to do any of that, so I don't know. It's interesting. I'm like, I'm I'm trying to like give. I, there were a lot of parts of it that I liked, and then all in all, though, it's like, did it did it, was it worth the edit uh, for him? Sure, for me to watch it, maybe. So I wouldn't show, I guess the best way to put it is I wouldn't, if someone hadn't seen Kenobi, I wouldn't be like, oh, watch this instead though. Right, right. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's yeah, huge. Like I, that's huge. As I was taking notes and kind of and doing graphics and stuff today, I, I had the actual series on in the background and Jill came home and she said, you know, I asked her again, like, did you, do you remember any of this from watching kind of in the background? And she's, she's like, yeah, kind of, I don't know. You can leave it on though. And I was like, all right, well, I'm, I'm not watching this for real. There's this two and a half hour cut that we're doing the episode on. And she's like, oh, well, if you want to put that on, I'll watch that. And I was like, nah, just no, that's maybe, not the way to do it. Maybe, <laughs> she's like, I mean, I would rather watch two and a half hours than like five. And I was like, nah, but let's not, <laughs> you know, like, because like you say, it does, it doesn't do it justice, even if. The, the the original does have its its faults or or, or slow spots. There's there's a difference yeah. between a two and a half hour film that's written as a two and a half hour film yeah. and a six right. episode thing that's mm -hmm. trying to masquerade as a. I also hour. think it's kind of opinionated because they just cut out Rava. You know, like I yeah. I feel like that's an opinion. I feel like I'm being forced to be like, mm -hmm. yeah, Rava was the issue here. Right. So I don't like that part. Well, let's let's get in here a little bit and. I, I should mention at the top, I like, like I said, we, we're not going to do a full stolen plans, but Kai Patterson is the name of the VFX artist slash editor who created this. Uh, he works in Hollywood. He's made some shorts. His IMDb is, it's got some things on it. I don't know if he works for a studio in VFX. He's not credited with any studio films that I could see for VFX work, but he, the VFX work that's in this, because there is some, like some notable moments, it's pretty damn good. Like it's, it's pretty seamless, mm -hmm. especially yeah, if absolutely. you're not looking for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there was some de-aging on Anakin and the flashback done by Darth Porg. Mm -hmm. It's the, the YouTube channel, YouTuber Darth Porg, who does a lot of fan edits and de-aging and deep fakes and stuff like that. And that stuff looked amazing to me. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. That was, that was really well done. So before we get in, I, I also do want to, we're already criticizing quite a bit, but I do want to say that tons of hard work obviously went into this and you you can watch you can watch a full-blown 4k version he's making it available he's like put a lot of work not only into making it but then offering it out to people did the opening crawl like that was kind of opening yeah. crawl. i mean all this amazing <laughs> like stuff mm -hmm. and it's you know i've done quite a few long edits in my life and taking this amount of footage and trying to rewrite a story i can say like 
you know, mostly from like a documentary perspective, that's hard enough when you can actually like make it as you go along. This is quite a challenge and quite an undertaking. So props to Kai. Yeah, no, I mean, well done. Clearly a lot of work went into it. Yeah. So Mike, like you said, since there is an opening crawl in this and it opens with the Star Wars fanfare, why don't you stand in for Ryan Key and read the opening crawl? Oh, I get to do an opening crawl. He usually sings it actually. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. All right. But sing it like Catholic style, just all one note. <laughs> Liberty is dead, is dead in the Galactic Empire Titans. The Galactic yeah. Empire Titans. It's grip on each. Yeah. Uh, sure. I can do that. Let's do the opening crawl. Hit it. Obi Wan Kenobi. Liberty is dead. The Galactic Empire tightens its grip with each passing day, spreading fear and chaos across the stars. A task force of dark side agents known as Inquisitors have been sent to the furthest reaches of the galaxy to track down and eradicate any remaining Jedi. The evil Darth Vader has built a shadowy sanctuary on the volcanic world of Mustafar. Plagued by visions of his past and seething with vengeful rage, the Dark Lord of the Sith cannot rest until he finds and destroys his former Jedi Master. It's a pretty solid crawl. I agree. It's very Star Wars. I like it. I like it. And then cut to planet, zoom in on Vader's castle. I was like, I'm 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 feeling this right. Like this is I like it. I like it. So that shot of Mustafar, the wide shot, you know, from space. Yeah. Was that in the series? Or is that pulled from something else? I think he made that. From scratch, yeah. Because there was a moon. Yeah. And I remember. Yeah, I, I remember seeing something similar at some point, but not that. So, I mean, he, he like, the dude had a lot of challenges, like we keep talking about. You know, the typical opening crawl that pans down to a space battle or something or to a planet, and then it zooms in. He didn't have that to work with. So he did a crossfade yep. from the planet to Fortress Vader and the kind of like, almost like helicopter shot flying in. Right. And cut straight to Vader in the tank. Right. So no more de- delaying the reveal of Vader like it does in the series. It's just like straight to it. So that's the the opening like high tension, like, you know, big here we are kind of moment. I think I like that idea. It's interesting because yeah. then then it changes the purpose of it. It almost with that intention changes the idea that they're picking up right where they left off versus the series was kind of focused on Kenobi being lost. That was his whole thing, right? The right. entire theme of Kenobi was not about him, was was not necessarily about him uh, beating Darth Vader. It was him refinding the Force, right? And so mm-hmm. in that regard, that edit would almost kind of betrays, using a very strong word here, um, betrays the idea that the, it, the story is about refining the force, reconnecting with the force. It's almost like it just picks up immediately at like, they're going to fight again, get the lightsabers out. So I think when you think about it from this side, it's like, it's easy to look at it as a fan. Nick, your point of saying, was this edit a little showing of the cards of like what Kai wished would have happened versus what mm-hmm. actually what they decided to write? Um, so it does change that. It certainly changes the dynamic and the point of, um, this just seems like another, a, a, a story about Obi-Wan versus a story of someone who's disconnected from the force and mm-hmm. finds it again, which is probably more like a comic book. That's a good way to look at it for sure. 
I mean, it also established, I mean, at the beginning, because the flashback is at the beginning too, right? So yeah. um, they, they're both, they both have dream sequences. They're dreaming about each other, yeah. which is cute. But, <laughs> but I mean, I think that established, I did enjoy that. And that's one of the bigger, like, bolder choices that he made that I thought were... Bolder choices. That happens later. Bolder choices. Yeah, there, and there's more condensing than there is rearranging, but the rearranging is the most apparent thing right at the top because of the mm -hmm. stuff we're talking about. I personally felt like the same thing that you're saying, Mike, that it, it changed the whole meaning of the story in a way. Right. And I, I think there were other opportunities, other, other kind of things that, that could have been done. But if you want to come with that opening crawl and that big fanfare kind of thing, not as many choices. So it makes me wonder, did he, did he put the opening crawl in there because he felt like every Star Wars film needs to have an opening crawl, which they're going to do in the future. And then after making that choice, did he realize, okay, only one or two things is going to work for this and it's going to change the whole tone, but I'm going to have to do it. Or was that his intent from the very beginning? You know what I mean? Because there are some choices that seem like, that seem inevitable. Right. If, if you go down a certain path, if you're going to eliminate so-and-so, you have to keep so-and-so or vice versa, or e even little details that are uncuttable, which requires you to leave stuff earlier that you probably wouldn't leave. Like, mm -hmm. right. even little stuff about, like, Lola um, getting smashed and then coming back. I think it was the return... Oh, yeah, it's the conversation when they're talking about the Force and he, he, he's sitting there working on her and he hands over and, and Leia gets excited and says, ah, and all that. That whole scene is so important and it would cut so weird if right. you had to cut that out that there was no choice but to leave all that in with like flea smashing her and all, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. All of that. Yeah. I think also, again, the major storyline was Reva being cut out mm -hmm. and it starts with Order 66, the series does. So that doesn't, yeah. if you're cutting, if it's a decision that Reva needs to be cut to condense this all, the Order 66 piece at the beginning, that has to go. So, yeah, you know, and it comes back later, but that's a, that's a choice where, okay, if I'm going to re-edit this movie and Rave is going to go, it doesn't need to start with this Order 66 anymore. So yeah. that could just be a way like, well, then how does it start? And this is mm. what he came up with. Mm -hmm. There were a, a few cool things that rearrangements and kind of condensing of, of the episodes getting from one place to another that worked beautifully. There's one where um, it says, I forgot where Obi-Wan is, but he says, oh, it, it's after Revo reveals to him that Anakin's still alive and he's Darth Vader, basically. Mm -hmm. It's maybe at the end of episode two. And this, this is when Obi-Wan's still talking to Qui-Gon, just kind of calling out to him. And he says, he's coming, Master. And that cuts straight to Vader walking to his throne room. Mm -hmm. And that, like, goosebumps. It was just, like, perfect timing. There's some magical yep. moments like that. Yep. Um, but other stuff, I don't know. There's, I mean, there were some cool things, like um, Reva beheading that Jedi and yeah. condensing and kind of rearranging when that Jedi came to Obi-Wan in the middle of the night and how all that happened, I don't feel like that hurt the story at all. It made it more intense in a way. Sure. It's also that wasn't in, like the actual beheading wasn't in the show. Right. Uh, the Grand Inquisitor stopped. I went back and watched because I was yeah. confused. 
when it stopped the blade at his shoulder and it was burning mm-hmm. his shoulder. Yeah, yeah. And then later they killed him and just hung him up. They hung him this Basically, So where did that scene? He made a scene? Because there's a beheading and then it actually zooms in and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, he did a full-blown VFX yeah, yeah. beheading and a, a body hanging with no head. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But wasn't the wasn't the the body was hanging in the show? In the show, yeah. But you only see the feet. But with the head, you see the whole thing. No, you saw the. He has a head. Okay, I double checked it today. Yeah. In the show, yeah, he's okay. hanging the same way, but he has a head. Uh, so yeah. I wonder yeah. if in the actual show they actually did the beheading because hanging that way rather than hanging by his neck, or right. maybe that's a choice because it's too intense. Either way, I wonder if they're like, well, got to hang him by his arms because he doesn't have a head. Mm-hmm. And then later, somebody said, maybe not for the kids. <laughs> Show for kids. We're trying to sell merch here. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think, but again, like it comes down to the, the, the process of this was, um, the, it changes the dynamic of the show that basically just, it almost feels like it's like John Wick 2. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. you just, you saw them fight on Mustafar. Watch them fight again on Mabuzo. You know, it's like, I, I think I think that's probably my biggest gripe with it was that there was a long in the show you were so ready you were so ready for them to meet just because we were of course naturally we're all Star Wars fans but the idea that Ben was so scared like Obi Wan is so scared of being yeah. like I'm disconnected from the Force I know that Anakin is fueled by anger and I have made him the angriest person in the galaxy and I know that I can't right so like. All of those hits in the show, granted, if you want to say that the show was extended for, you know, corporate reasons, it, that that could be fair. But the way that they handled, the way that it was stretched out, like you you certainly felt like by the time they got to the fight at the end, that was satisfying because you did get to see Obi-Wan reconnected and all of that, him earning his own trust back with the force and like trusting him, like that was such an, it's such an important part. It's the whole reason for the story. Right. So this just, there are so many times in it in when I'm watching this that I'm like, it's faster, faster, more intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I just like, there were parts of me that just kind of felt like I'm like, Oh, this like, I don't know. It's hard. It's, it's really, it's interesting to say. It's almost like it, it felt like I was watching it and it didn't. And I don't know if it's cause I knew what was happening and I've already seen a version of it, but it just didn't have like a, the same kind of soul to it um the same the same weight of it but but as an edit if you're if you're a person who doesn't really care about the story and like lightsaber go crash you're probably like this is awesome this feels like you know you you might you might think it's even better i don't know well let's move on and talk about specifically what they removed and what they added i have it broken down your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right, what they removed, some big things, and we'll get to what they added in place of these in a moment. Little Leia's theme, not present. It, was, it was a subtle theme, Boo. but I missed it. And they, they replaced a lot of those things. There, there were a lot of audio cues that he replaced with original stuff, some of which worked and some of which mm-hmm. didn't because it, 
wasn't written specifically for this film. I noticed a lot more prequel music too, right? Lots of stuff, yeah. 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 Leia on Alderaan, the first, the fake out introduction of her, the dressing up gag where it's actually her friend, the alien, mm-hmm. that's out. Um, there's no chase when Leia gets kidnapped by Flea. It's just a quick bag over the head, which worked great. Yeah. It was just as, um, just as suspenseful for that short moment. And it, it was just cleaner. I thought it was good. And that chase does suck. Like the actual... It's a very TV chase. Like speed that they're, they're running at sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like some Net- Magnum PI stuff. Network, yeah. network TV. But I think, uh, like, again, the hard part about this is we have to go back and understand the context of when we were getting this. I mean, I think that our, our gripes with it was Deborah Chow brought on a legendary cinematographer in who was the cinematographer Boone um Boone oh man he did old, he did old boy Boone from Lost nice good to Eve um Chung Hoon Chung his style of like they work on the volume like this is a technology yeah. that had just come out like a year ago and people were still like wait what is this there's so many things that went into this and especially they're shooting it during covid times and like Disney's trying to be um they're trying to be you know, they're trying to figure out how they can scale this thing. There are plenty of times where you can be frustrated with the what uh, we've seen in some of the shows because if you understood what's going into it, they're not these giant movie sets anymore. It's literally like this is the content wars. This is the issue of it is that they're trying to get these big scenes by you being able to utilize technology. And that has to be, you have to have someone who's trained in it. But Deborah Chow has this opportunity to work with this incredibly talented cinematographer that's being asked to use a very specific tool set that he might not be comfortable with yet. So mm-hmm. all of these things factor into it. And it's very easy for someone way after the fact to look at it and go, well, here's what I would have fixed. And it's like, well, it's almost kind of like you Monday morning quarterback. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically, you know, and it's, and it's, I don't think that was Kai's intention, but I certainly think like, you know, looking at the difference of the objection is, is different, right? It's, we have to fill a 40 minute slot. We have to fill a 30 minute slot, blah, blah, blah. And like, you can, you can cut that out. Um, they filmed it. They did it. It was, if that was his style of, you know, old boy is a very visceral film. So I, I think it was the right call to cut it out. It wasn't strong, but at the same time, there's also things that it's very easy to look back on it and go, oh, I wish they would have fixed this. And it's like, well, there was probably a reason why they didn't shoot it at that time or they weren't able yeah. to get it done or something happened. So it's hard It's hard to like, I don't know, as an artist myself, it's really easy for someone me to look back on work and go, why didn't I do it this way? And then I remember, oh, that's right. I was getting 17 changes the day before it was due. Yeah, okay. Sounds good. That's right. Um, yeah. So. And we're talking about TV here, like, dude, just what what they are pulling off on a television budget and schedule is just insane. Yeah, TV th- TV never looked like this before I, five years I th- ago. Think we paid um, fourteen dollars for this. Yeah, <laughs> like I think that's what Obi the Kenobi series cost, right? I think we paid yeah. fourteen dollars for it, right? Um, I went out to eat today. I had a horrible sandwich. That was fourteen bucks. So you know, <laughs> on the other side of the like we got a video. Perspective. So, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> you know, they also cut quite a bit uh, of the the Obi Wan and, and Leia banter and dialogue that I feel like established their relationship and and helped evolve that over the course of the rescue. Um, some stuff, and I wonder. I would love to know. Actually, I wouldn't love to know because if it's if it's an asshole answer, I don't want that. Like, did he cut it because he thinks she's annoying, or was it just cut for time? 
because there's a lot of good stuff where he says, you know, she says he looks kind of old and beaten up and, uh, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. he, he says like, um, tell them I'm your father. And she's like grandfather, maybe, <laughs> you know, like I love all that. That's very Leia, you know? Yeah. So I missed that. I think it's also the other part of it too, is like, that's like, we've gotten very familiar with that kind of dynamic, the, you know, the old master bringing, uh, you know, transporting someone. It's, it, it, it was very Ellie and Joel, you know, it just, it has those dynamics to it. So I think cutting some of that out yeah. took some of the charm away from their relationship for sure. There's no way around it. He does keep the part where Kenobi tells Leia that she reminds him of Padme, mm-hmm. which was really nice. Couldn't have cut that or else we probably wouldn't have reviewed it. Uh, yeah. It would have been a three-minute podcast of us, us saying, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so question, I feel like he may have cut something. I didn't have time to go back and look. The escape where Tala came out with Riva and all the stormtroopers and everything out on that like landing pad when they came in with the, uh, mm-hmm. with the snow speeders. Yeah. I don't remember. Seeing How that. did Tala get on that ship? Yeah. You remember that? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, she was just, everyone was out on the platform Mm -hmm. running. And then next thing I know, she's in the ship with them. Movie magic. (laughs) Teleported. Star Trek, it's a crossover. I think, I think this is, um, this is where Mark Hamill would go, hey, kid, it's not that kind (laughs) of movie. (laughs) Um, but you know, and I think, I think a lot of that kind of felt, kind of felt chunky. I think even in the show, um, what was our favorite pilot that got blown up that we were supposed to feel very, very oh, upset yeah, about? That, um, that what's her name from Pen15 was super upset about. Yeah. Yes. But he didn't cut that. That's the weird thing. Like he didn't cut that. Right. But then did cut out. You could stuff. certainly see that there, like, I remember specifically in the show, there felt like there was a, a an edit. There was something where mm-hmm. Roken, Roken was supposed to either have a longer dialogue or there was supposed to be some conversation with the pilot that was like, you know, hey, you're my boy. Like, let's go out there and like help us out. Because I remember that felt very chunky in the show. And so that makes me think that yeah. like, that they were like, let's try not to stretch this out. It's obviously, it's a, um, it's a expensive episode for sure. Um, anytime you've got ships flying and you've got, you know, that's where they had the, you know, the crashing of the fortress and ev- all of that. That was, that was an expensive episode. Um, so you don't know if like they decided like, we don't have the budget to do this. We can't do this. Let's try to do this. Um, there definitely are that. What's interesting about it is when they flooded that hallway, uh, someone that I'm inviting on to armor party, Artisher. Um, who I did a, a little podcast with for the five hundred first. Um, he was one of the he was one of the stormtroopers in there mm. that got that got flooded, and uh, he goes, "They did that. We probably did that like eight times, ten times. Well, just flooded over and over again, which is really interesting. So you know, you think about all that and think of like that effect of him them escaping and and doing all that. All of that stuff is that plays into getting the." final product that we got because money is real it doesn't grow on trees um disney likes to not spend money on stuff um i'd like to uh shout out to the galactic star cruiser soon rest in peace talking about money so you know what i mean anyways um yeah he also condensed that first meeting with vader the kind of the chase around and obi-wan like you were saying earlier nick really hesitating and not you know being hesitant to use the force and not even igniting his lightsaber mm-hmm. it was very comic booky and that 
the first time they kind of came face to face from a distance, he lit it up. Mm-hmm. You know, it cuts straight to that. So that that does, like you guys are both saying, change Ben's story. Yeah, the the narrative is it's this isn't just a I'm going to condense the series to a movie. There's narrative choices here. Editorial from his uh, point of view. The like, like you mentioned earlier as well, the Riva condensing or chopping or editing, she just dies when mm-hmm. Vader defeats her. Right. That's the end of her story. So that takes a lot out of the end. So when she get, they, they had that face off, it's awesome. I love that part. But she just gets stabbed and that's it. Um, there's also, there's no shot of Luke in his bed at the end of part five, that kind of, that thing where Obi-Wan realizes, when I went back and watched it, he has this look on his face and baby cube looks at him and says, are you okay? What's wrong? And is he remembering that he left that comm? Cause Reva picks up the comm and she sees the scrambled message from bail that tips her off that the other kid, there's another kid and he's on Tatooine. So is he feeling her through the force having this realization and feeling Luke in danger? Or is he remembering, Oh shit, I left that comm. Do you guys remember this at all? Mm-hmm. I think it was the first one. The Force? I think so, right? Did you get that, Nick? I don't know. He just seemed, to me, he just seemed, like, worried. I don't know if yeah. I'm supposed to read into... I think he's worried about the situation. I don't think he was, like, Force concentrating. And it was like, oh, no, yeah. the calm. Yeah. And at that moment, that's when we realize, oh, now Luke's in danger, and it goes to that wide shot. At night, it's pushing into the Lars homestead, and then there's the overhead shot of Luke laying in the bed. All that is cut. Yep. And then... The end of the duel, the final duel also, so I'm just kind of jumping ahead to the, the, the biggest omissions here. It goes straight from the end of the duel to Vader on his throne talking to Palpatine over the hollow. Like, he's just, he's screaming, he's got chunks out of his helmet, and it's like, cut. Nope, here mm-hmm. I am back on my throne. <laughs> Brand new helmet, you know? Yeah, yeah. That was chunky. Because in the, in the real thing, in the actual show, there's the whole Riva ending between right. those. Right. So, and the reason that Luke getting cut out of his bed, that has to do with Reva. So, right. Cut Luke because you're not doing anything with Reva anymore. She's dead. Yep. So she doesn't go after Luke. There's no fight with Owen and Baru. There's no, you know, Baru going Sarah Connor style with the blasters. No redemption scene with Reva and Obi Wan. I mean, it would have been five minutes. Mm-hmm. I lo- I timed it out. So I I think you're right, Nick. This is like. This is a, a perf- purposeful, opinion-based editorial choice. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, because that stuff, you can't say that the Riva stuff dragged. You either liked it or you don't. You're either, you're either like just watching what was made for your entertainment or you have an opinion about it and you want it gone. You know, So yeah. I don't think that the... Because what is the, all of the Riva stuff add? Like, I don't know, maybe another 30 minutes. So it's like a three-hour movie, like big deal. Well, he actually left in the other stuff, though. That's the weird mm-hmm. part. He left in those two interactions, the one where she's talking to Kenobi on the other side of the wall, and he realizes... Which was cool. I liked that. That was another point. That's where yeah. Order 66 and the reveal that she was... I liked that. It was cool. Yeah. And then he goes to actually meet her face-to-face because he surrenders, and they had this conversation about how they're actually going to trap Vader because she wants to try to kill him. He left all that in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess he had to because she had to die. Right. But... I feel like you actually could have cut the the part where Obi-Wan, you know, they do the fake surrender and they have that conversation because it's kind of redundant. 
you know, they can have that conversation where she's like, I don't need your help basically on the other side of the door of, of the blast door. Like I'll get him myself. Basically they can mm. cut the other, th- they could cut that whole section where he, he surrenders and he could just escape and she could just come confront Vader by her. Cause that would work perfectly. Go right from, I don't need you. I'll do it myself to that. And then put her redemption thing back in. And you can, you can trim off the part like during the day at the beginning of Tatooine. That's actually a lot because that whole last episode starts with her waking up, showing up on Tatooine. Um, and the dude from, you know, the asshole boss yeah. from the very beginning, he's there and she goes up to that dude at the, like the, you know, the tent, the vendor tent. And then it isn't until night that she actually goes to the, to the Lars homestead. So you could just go straight to the Lars homestead after the final duel do that part because she stalks Luke in the dark, kidnaps him in the dark. All that's just five minutes. You know what I mean? You could swap yeah. and it's... It makes sense, but the the reason that she's going after Luke is to still get at, at uh, Anakin, still get revenge at Vader, and he just cut that part of the story out, you know, pretty much. Well, like, like I'm saying, the, the two other parts, those two conversations with Obi-Wan are still in. Mm-hmm. So to put that at the end wouldn't... Yeah. It wouldn't be... Uh, it wouldn't be like an unnecessary or weird um, diversion. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It would still no. work just as well. And you could, you could lose the one. I don't know. I kind of want to make my own edit. <laughs> the Adam and then we could podcast about it. Yeah, we should yeah. do that. But didn't they also Next cut out, episode. didn't he cut out the whole thing with Qui-Gon? S- yes. That's the other thing. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a post-credit scene. Oh, is oh. it? Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't, I didn't make it to that. that. All right, all right, all right. But yeah, okay. I... I like so if you're if you're considering watching it, it the this fan edit specifically ends on hello there, mm-hmm. and then yeah. the circular transition and dun 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 you know so I mean that it hit like a Star Wars film of course but um, Star Wars in some ways has never really had those kind of like cliffhanger I don't want to say cliffhanger that's the wrong word but like there's always there's never been like a nod to the audience in that way i feel like the yeah, star wars films right um and this one kind of like looked over like he could have been like hello there and then looked over the camera and was like mm-hmm. you know um so i did i didn't love that part of it even though i love that scene in the series um but okay so putting that in the in the but I, again it's like now i'm like to the point where i'm like I, do we want to start serializing do we want to start marvelizing star wars so that it's like oh you got to watch the cabal's credit scene no. uh, you know i'm like no. i don't know that's it's that so i and i feel like that was a really important thing um in the series to understand people already say that the disney star wars is getting marvelized though you know yeah, yeah. that's true that's true so anyways i thought cutting that out was a mistake Agreed. uh what about stuff that they added talk about that well that's the thing he it seems like he felt like he could do that and stick it at the end of the credits because he added some other stuff which we'll get to in a second here like we said they added the opening crawl they added a bunch of stuff to the score which we also mentioned duel the fates it's somewhere early is it in the flashback yeah yeah that's right because it it because it cross cuts with um, the actual duel of the fate, not, right. not duel of the fates, the actual duel from the end of Revenge of the Sith. Right. So he has duel of the fates there. The binary sunset and the force theme are kind of all over the place. All over. Yep. Most times in ways that I, I felt like were just so on the nose and cheesy. Hmm, sure. And granted, it's the, the pieces pulled directly from the other scores. So it's just 
made to fit. And he did a brilliant job editing. There's like some timing stuff, like even in the fight where when Vader hits his hand on the ground and it cracks, like it goes right with the score. Right. Or that's dual fates, but either way. Um, first time Obi-Wan uses the force, it's the full-blown force theme. It's a little much, mm-hmm. a little much for me. Yep. And when he yeah. introduces, when Owen introduces Obi-Wan to Luke, it's yeah. like, which was that, that wasn't the show, was it? Uh, I don't think so. No. no. But the, the one when after he took, yeah. the one after he talked to Leia and told her the thing about her parents, that goes through like three themes, including the force theme. Mm-hmm. And then ends with the, the newer Obi-Wan theme that, that um John Williams did. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So that was I remember being like, all right, this is this is pretty wet. Yeah. <laughs> and also uh he added Leia's theme at the top with Leia instead of the new little Leia theme. Yep. Which again was a little little ham fisted to me. And the duel of the fates in the final duel, it was just I mean, I I understand the dude couldn't compose his own new stuff from scratch. So no matter what, it's gonna feel a little forced, but it just felt so like video game or like it just felt so fan film to yeah. me. Yeah, absolutely. It's it doesn't necessarily it doesn't add anything. It's and it's super noticeable. It's distracting. Yeah. I think that's always that's always the difficult part about like with fan films is that they rely too much on being a fan, right? And not kind of yeah. doing and not doing their own thing, right? So like in some ways it just gets to a point where you're like it it feels over the top that you're like if if we did this imagine if everyone directed a star wars film like this you would be so bored of star wars by movie number two you'd just be like oh all right i get it like every time someone lights up a lightsaber it's like okay all right all right you know so i think i think that the, the 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 part of being a fan and separating those really iconic moments um, almost like drops the expectation that there can be new iconic moments. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that part of it, I think is really difficult because you want to rely on the thing that makes you feel the way that you did when you saw it for the first time. Um, but a lot of times that's what kind of made Star Wars really brilliant was that there's been many times in the films individually that gave us both a composition, a score, a moment that felt independent enough of the previous films, but still make them iconic in their own way. And so then we go back and we take these moments, we try to add, it was like the thing with, um, I saw the re-edit when Luke shows up in the Mandalorian season two. Oh yeah. It's right. And so they added the force theme on it. And I remember all these people being like, dude, it's so much better. And I was like, yo, no, because it's (laughs) not Luke's moment. Mm -hmm. It's, Din's moment to have this opportunity to give Grogu away mm-hmm. and Luke showing up and doing Jedi thing, Jedi Knight things, that's normal at this point in the storyline. So to have Luke Skywalker show up, which was a momentous occasion for us as fans, we all cried and we had like an amazing meltdown over it because it's it's who he is. But to do the full-on force theme, that wasn't the moment. But the fact that someone re-edited it shows that like you're thinking like a Star Wars fan, it robs us of that opportunity for Din Djarin to go, I'm going to trust this little, that like my son, basically at this point, I'm going to trust that I'm going to give him to the force, which is something that I'm not even sure if I believe in. 
literally has to ask Luke if he's a Jedi, right? Um, <laughs> so it's like, I think that when you see these re-edits of people like, wouldn't this have been so much better? I'm like, sometimes I go, my internal Star Wars fan is like, yes, but if I was in that position, I wouldn't have done that, right? I think with any, I've probably said this quote a million times on the podcast over the years, but like when it comes to anything artistic, whether I know I think about it all the time with, with songwriting, when it comes to Star Wars, the the idea of don't give people what they want, give people what they didn't know that they wanted. You know, yes, you, can't, yep, you can't just on a plate constantly be like, what do you want here? What do you want here? Here you go, here you go. Because <laughs> yeah. it goes in one ear and out the other, no matter how much a consumer feels comforted comforted in the moment it's fleeting because they got what they wanted and they don't realize well when i was a kid it meant this to me because i was like learning and i was learning how to yeah. consume art and all this stuff so i think about it a lot in songwriting when bayside's writing songs i'm like yeah th we did this already you know and we did this already and it's easy but like we have to dress it up we have to do something because we're talking about like older brains at this point processing your brain processed that sound already or that rhythm already or the force theme already whatever it is it's like your brain is over it already so you're gonna be less excited and that goes for like all entertainment specifically i always talk about with music and then star wars it's like your brain's just not going to be as excited as it was when you were five or the hundredth time you've heard it or seen it it's just that's not how your brain works yeah, it's neurologically and psychologically impossible. Mm -hmm. Also, I will say, Nick, whatever you guys are doing, if that's your mindset, keep it up because Bayside's making the best music mm -hmm. they've ever made. Yeah, I said it. We're you know trying. What? Flame on in the chat. Flame on. I'm going to say... It's working. It's working. <laughs> but when you do pay homage to something and you do it skillfully with tension, the payoff is always so much bigger. You can do it. You can bring it in, but you have to... You have to guide yep yep you have to go down the trench gotta get rid of the targeting computer and you gotta use the force and nail that shit you know what i mean right like you can like the beatles can can throw she loves you yeah 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 at the end of all you need is love because as you're hearing the song you're going god this feels so familiar but it's new it's a brand new song you know and if you were alive when that came out and then they hit it at the end and it's just like Oh my God, what did they do? <laughs> you know? That's true. That's true. So you can do it, but you have to do it really skillfully. And again, I understand this dude Kai is not John Williams. He's not, you know, he's not even a, a, a musician who scores things and probably to hire, to some, hire, hire someone to write a whole new score and make it sound like that and make it all work. It's probably not in the budget. So no shade, but. Did he have, I mean, clearly, did he have a budget or is this just like a, probably a passion project? I, I, it seems like it was favors. There was, there was no budget. Yeah. There was no budget. So, I mean, this is incredible what he did. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Props to him regardless. Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on with things they added. Let's get through these. Um, on Mapuzo, when Obi-Wan has the vision of Anakin on the ridge, off in the distance, did you notice it ended with a close-up of him? He pulled the exact same shot. Right. From the beginning of Order 66, when you first see Anakin turn and have mm -hmm. the Sith eyes, yep. yeah. he put that there. And again, it looked amazing. I liked it. I was mm -hmm. into it. Yep. I back it. It was good. Although, like, man, that in the series, that was, it was, like, scary. I was like, ooh. Yeah. Ooh. It was, it flashed rather than yeah. going to 
the ridge with no one on it. Right. It flashed to that, and then he got distracted and went on. Yeah. Also on Mapuzo, when, when Vader and the troopers, you know, in the first duel, when they're separated from Kenobi by the fire, this worked. I thought it was a little on the nose, and I don't think we needed it because we understood. I remember covering this, and it, it was just fine. We, we interpreted things right. Right. The idea that Vader, you know, was like, oh, no, now we can't go across the fire. You know, everyone was all up in arms about this idea that the, that the fire stopped him when we realized it was obvious it was a choice right you know like let right. him go i'll get him later it's again that arrogance of anakin skywalker like oh i've got him now so he can run but all but also the yeah the the arrogance of anakin skywalker to be like i i want to fight the obi-wan that i remember you're a shell of who you were like exactly you know what i mean it was i don't i don't want this i want i want defeat i want victory i want to be victorious you being this like broken old man who could barely swing a lightsaber, that's not going to make me feel the anger of redemption of like what I, you took yeah. from me. I don't know. So it's, I mean, that's just an interesting point too, because that's not stated in the series, but that is what happened. Is that yeah. it's, it's, you know, there wasn't a scene where Vader was like, I don't want to beat this old man up. I got to get him to be powerful again. But it is what <laughs> happened. And I think that that's really cool, you know? Like, right. that was a good thing that they did. Right. Yeah, we don't we don't need it hand-delivered to us on a mm -hmm. silver platter. Yeah. You know, I shout out to Deborah Chow for for trusting that the audience is smart enough to figure it out. But in this, he did kind of just hand it on a silver platter. He had one of the troopers. I, I feel like he added an entire... VFX shot with fire and a trooper walking in. The trooper himself looked digital. Hmm. Trooper says to him, Lord Vader, should we pursue? Cuts to Vader. No answer. Back to the trooper. Sir? Back to Vader. No, not just yet. I feel like he used the deep fake audio for this too, because that's that was a, a from scratch line. Sure. Unless he had somebody cut it together, you know, from bits and pieces. But it looked and sounded perfect. Right. So he did that. Um, and then the, the scene that we referenced earlier, Obi-Wan talking to Reva through the blast door when, when Obi-Wan realizes that she was there in the Jedi temple when Anakin came for Order 66. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more cross-cutting and flashbacks to Order 66 that he added on top of the few at the tail of that conversation, which seemed to give it away too soon for me. It was too on the nose. Agreed. I thought it was better when it kind of built up and it was just a couple flashes. Yeah, it was less dramatic. Yeah. And then this, talking about on the nose, this was too much for me as well. When Obi-Wan's buried under the rocks, when Vader thinks he's got him beaten, what gives Obi-Wan the power to get out, it seems like, is this addition of Qui-Gon speaking to Obi-Wan. And he says his name. I forgot what else he says, but... That's what basically gives him, like, the strength to get up out. And then at the end of the duel, again, I, th I feel like it's right before Anakin kind of screams as Obi-Wan's walking away. He does, you know, the Darth Maul-style Obi-Wan scream. Yeah. It's Qui-Gon that comes in again and says, Obi-Wan, he is the chosen one. He will bring balance to the Force. That was the weirdest one to me. Yeah. Because I don't... What's the purpose? Yeah. The purpose of it is to remind Obi-Wan that revenge is not the Jedi way and that okay. he has a long, he has a larger purpose than just being angry with you, which is true. Like don't kill him right now because he's the chosen kind, one. 
because it, it because he's the chosen one and in return of the jedi he fulfills the prophecy mm -hmm. so um for now for now but at the time yeah so i that's it it's a it's a a pretty far leap but knowing what we know which obviously at the time at the end of return of the jedi before everything else was that that was i think that was the reason that he included that in there was to be mm -hmm. like this is not you know you killing him would throw off the balance because we still believe that the force was not incorrect he still is the chosen one yeah. so yeah eh, eh. Did, did it come across like that if you guys didn't pick it up then i didn't it just cheapened it for me and it flips the whole plot of how when and why qui-gon finally appears to him 100 percent, 100 percent. if obi-wan hadn't made that choice himself and gone through that experience and refound the force himself and realized i can't kill him i just have to let let the chips fall as they may the will of the force right qui-gon wouldn't have shown up because qui-gon said to him i've, I've always been here you just weren't ready to see me yet I just got goosebumps recounting mm -hmm. the thing in mm -hmm. my own words. And that's so much better. Right. It is such a comic book moment to do it the other way, but comic books <laughs> aren't films. I mean, they become films, and in my opinion, they get better typically. Yeah, I just, the payoff isn't as big if you go sprinkling it through there. I, I don't know. It just doesn't land the same way. I think they made the right choice to begin with. But again, it's it changes the idea of <clears throat> what was what was the purpose of the of the story, right? And the idea is that every Jedi that's ever lost their way within the Force can't just. It, it kind of goes back to like Luke visiting Obi Wan, all of that mm -hmm. stuff. Like we've seen that pattern retreated, and that that's been a very common thing in star wars that a jedi is like i'm completely lost and all of a sudden their master's like hey wait a minute you forgot about me <laughs> we've seen that before right so like that i agree it just it felt really corny i think the idea of obi-wan regaining his own strength in the force and then rather it just being like oh gr i'm a great powerful warrior again the qui-gon reveal at the end also shows shows him that his reconnection to the force isn't about just being a great warrior it's about being able to like see and listen and be a part of everything that moves right, through right. through us and so the the point of him being so easily accessible in times of stress that's like going back to Yoda and Dagobah being like reach out mm -hmm. you, you know it's not it's not about being stressed and and you know the the vision of of Luke on Dagobah um, is like peak stress. It shows that the force reveals itself, all that stuff. So I think, I think again, like we've kind of said it, this didn't hit. This was like, this was a fans, someone's fan theory that was like, Oh, what if this happened? And I would have read it on the script and been like, that's corny. I'm not <laughs> into that at all. Yeah. So all the points you're making Mike about the reasons why men, his journey, we would assume that these professionals who do this for a living and have more talent than all of us put together have had these exact conversations, not just amongst themselves, but with Dave Filoni and right. probably George Lucas chiming in here and there. That dude's been on the set so many times. Right. Like this, this isn't some amateur asshole just throwing some shit up to make a few bucks. Right. So. Hey everyone. We want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt's. You may know Roosevelt as the company who makes those rad all over print button downs with just about every franchise that you love. 
They, of course, have Star Wars, because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button-downs, but t-shirts, they do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, those are all the biggest omissions. We covered everything, right? I don't think there's anything left. We did it. There's some little bits, and there's it. lots of little stuff in, in in condensing it that he cut. But those are those are the big ones. Overall thoughts. I, I have mine. You guys go first, Nick. Wrap it up. Any any kind of final thoughts on the thing? <laughs> yeah, I mean my my thoughts after watching it was kind of back where I was just about the overall series. I'm like, it's good. I wish it was great though. You know, like, <laughs> like I really had no more. It didn't make the series better at all for me. The narrative choices you make didn't improve anything for me. And it just left me feeling the same way where I'm like super great, like greatest hits moments in the series overall. But I just wish it was better. Mike? Yeah, I think a greatest hits, uh, that, that's a great way to look at it. I feel like um, if you're a Star Wars fan, you would watch this and go, ooh, this is so much better. But if you're a person who's enjoying the character-driven narrative of what this show set out to do, um, you're going to feel kind of empty. You're going to feel like, I saw the lightsabers clash. I felt like a lot of it retread. I feel like it missed the point of Obi-Wan's journey. So <clears throat> all in all, is, uh, is the Kenobi series better as a movie? I'm going to say for myself personally, no. If the storyline would have been different about how Obi-Wan would have still gone on that journey to reconnect with the Force, to understand his, his place in all of this, the idea that like protection of watching over Luke doesn't just have to come with being a great warrior, but also being reconnected to the Force. Like all of these themes that are really great when you think about it and say whatever you want about the direction of, of your execution of the actual show. Um, I think this re-edit kind of glossed over some of those moments and it favored uh, flashy action. And I mm -hmm. just, I think... I think that's the part that Star Wars fans have maybe matured a little bit. And we do like those stories. We like those deep connected stories. I think like some of the flashy action pieces of uh, Clone Wars episodes, uh, Rebels, um, they're really fun. They're really cool. But like we're all sitting here like chewing over this great dialogue and these like really heavy moments of um, quiet and peace. And, you know, it, it maybe it's us just, just being a little bit older, but certainly... I, I I think it it did. It felt like a greatest hits and you're sitting there going, trying to show someone the catalog, being like, No, 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 mm -hmm. these are these are 
These are songs for people who listen to the radio. I want to show you what this band can really do. That's that's a great way to put it, Nick. Yeah, agreed. I mean, it when it comes down to it, the question of whether or not it's better as a film can't be answered with this edit. Yeah. Or any edit of the series because it's a lot of plot for a feature film. Mm-hmm. There are too many set pieces to try to condense and there's just not enough glue there between, you know, say you choose three big set pieces, four big set pieces. There's not enough glue there when you start taking stuff out because it wasn't written that way. So I don't think it's answerable as a more uh, broad brushstrokes kind of question, a a more vague question. But in this case, my answer is no, it's not better this way. It's fun to watch. I like it, but it just feels so disjointed. There's so much jumping ahead. There's so much that's lost because you only have X, Y, Z to work with. Mm -hmm. You can't create new scenes, can't create new dialogue. I suppose he could have gone that route. Like, you know, you're looking at Kenobi and you cut to Leia and then you go with another Kenobi line, you swap it out for something that connects. I mean, you could really go all in, but at that point, write a novel version, (laughs) make an animated version. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I feel like there, there is maybe like a two part version of this. I mean, I was just going to bring up. So what, what's the total runtime of the show? Like five hours ish. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, man, tack on another hour and you could do a trilogy of movies. Like you could do three, two hour movies. And I don't know, like maybe that gives it more, you know, more production value, adding an hour, maybe flesh out some stuff. I don't know. I mean, or three one hour things. Cause if it's five, you've got like 55 minutes on the first one, I think 40 something on the second one. Well, I'm just talking about the series in general, not the, oh, movie, okay. not the movie. Right. Got it. Yeah. yeah. From scratch, if they would have done that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like add more time to it to just either put more cool shit in or really flush out some of this stuff and do a trilogy. You know? I think if the pacing was, cause I, I remember seeing, it's like fresh in my mind, like the Dune 2 trailer, right? So like there were a lot of people who complained that like the first, the recent Dune was like boring, right? And I'm like, what? But mm-hmm. you could have done that. You know, the pacing of that felt, you know, they were setting up the world. Mm-hmm. They got to, um, you know, Arrakis and there wasn't, it wasn't some big war. It's like everything kind of like picked up at the end. I, th- I think the pacing of that movie and of course, Denis Villeneuve is, is an amazing director which is very mature really. it is right you know? right like and i think mature. and i think the the difficult part is that disney and star wars as a whole right now is like that's that's it's going to continue to be our argument right it's going to continue to be a lot of fans think that star wars is for them and their interpretation of what they want star wars to be and they're very vocal about that and they completely are ignorant to the fact that like the magic of what this this what star wars is is that your 60 year old grandfather can go darth vader is awesome and your uncle can go darth vader is awesome and your seven-year-old can go darth vader is awesome and everyone agrees on that um that's always been the charm of star wars versus you know these other like well what you know teenage mutant ninja turtles were different when i was your age blah 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 (laughs) yeah there's just there's just a lot of that so i think when we we come into stories like this that obviously Obi-Wan as a character for people who are like OT purists, Obi-Wan was just Obi-Wan. It wasn't like he didn't have this, you know, there were a lot of people who didn't like the prequels. So Obi-Wan to them was not a character that they really 
they they dove into. So the fact that they gave him a show, I could totally see that there were some people who watched it thinking Darth Vader was going to be in it, right? Uh, so I think I think that's a it's you're you're tapping at something for sure and saying if they would have made this show more mature, they didn't have the 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 modifiers and the the rancor smashing the town like in Book of Boba Fett or all this stuff like. They have to always figure out who the audience is with it. They nailed it with Andor, but Andor also had low ratings in terms of the viewership just because like, it was to a more specific audience. Could they have gone the same route with Kenobi? I don't know. That's a, that's a board meeting for sure. Man, what must the ratings be if something like Succession has 3 million viewers? Yeah. Like what is Andor? What is, it's like Andor under a million viewers, you know? Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. TV's weird right now. And everyone's complaining about how it's, oh, it's just like cable now. And it's, a, it's, it's just as expensive. And I mean, I kind of, I guess, but the amount of, like, I'm stressed out about even trying to keep up with the amount of entertainment that's available to me now. Yeah. And we're spending less than we were on cable. I think it's, about that when I really get doomsday about the writer's strike. There's so much stuff out there. There's like years worth of stuff that we can yes. all watch. So I'm yeah. when I get doomsday about the writer's strike, I could see some like, billionaire with the cigar and like evil cat, like <laughs> let them watch the Tetris movie. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I, I get real doomsday about that. Yeah. There's <laughs> do a movie about old spice. Yeah. Too much entertainment is a good problem to have. Yeah. And guess what? We're also not watching ads. So it's not like cable because yeah. we're not, <laughs> if you don't want to watch them, you don't have yeah. to. And if you don't like the the thing you subscribe to anymore, you can cancel and pick it up again when a show comes on that you do like. Like we're not all locked into these weird contracts. It's a it's a much better time. Mm-hmm. Let's all chill out. No one's ever happy. It's also just not working. Apparently, <laughs> it's also not profitable enough. Well, here we are, end of the world. New York's on fire. Canada's on fire. Content sucks. Star Wars sucks. Let's all quit. <laughs> Thanks for listening. JK, all right. This is the last episode ever. <laughs> what do you think, viewer? What do you think, listener? Uh, was this edit better than the series? Would Would you think a, a different feature film version would be better? Would you rather have seen this as a film to begin with? Tell us in the comments. Maybe we'll read them and get angry. Maybe we'll read them and get happy. Maybe we won't read them at all. <laughs> but tell us, have a discussion. And also subscribe. Hit hit the button, do the things. The, the bell, there's a bell as well, right? I think. Yep. Got to do that. If Page you can, me. Thumbs up. If you yep. can thumbs up on YouTube, that would be awesome. Get the algorithm on the good side. And if you're, uh, if you're just listening, go subscribe as well. Subscribe to, to the podcast on your podcatcher of choice. And also go subscribe on YouTube. It's helpful. It truly is helpful. Even if you're not going to use it, just help us out. Help your boys out. Click the button. Also, I've, I feel like we haven't mentioned this in a while and we haven't updated our Roosevelt ads in seven years. But mm-hmm. Roosevelt has so much new stuff like Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park, Harry Potter. They also have, I'm wearing this on purpose, they also have like a non-branded stuff. Like they have their own brand. So if you don't want to wear a Star Wars Roosevelt shirt, you don't have to. You could just wear like a floral shirt. It's very awesome. So Very awesome. Use code. Uh, Offer code, thank the maker. Yeah. Thank the maker for 20% off. It's a good deal. Shout out. Thanks to them for uh, supporting us and the things we do. We appreciate it a ton. They're cool. Also, thanks to the patrons. Patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod is where you can go if you want to be a patron and get an ad-free version of this podcast, uh, bonus content, the whole 
back library of bonus content, exclusive merch, stickers, t-shirts, a hoodie. Do we have a hoodie? Maybe, maybe not. Lots of good stuff. I think it's available as an option. Yeah. And we, um, once we get into um, some other things, especially covering series and things like that, where, where we do um, bonus like after show discussions, that'll all be on Patreon. And once I get my computer situation worked out, I'm going to do a little like bonus editing with Adam Patreon only thing, probably in discord. And uh, we'll just talk star Wars while I edit and it'll be a good time. So all that at patreon.com slash thank the maker pod. And thanks to the patrons for being here with us in the chat right now, the private discord chat. We need a Mosh Eisley check-in real quick before we go. Oh yeah. Say it. You do. You say it. So if you're going to be in the San Diego area, uh, July 21st ish, uh, we are throwing Mosh Eisley and tickets are now tickets are starting to go because people are remembering. I think what happens is San Diego Comic-Con goes, it's happening. Everyone rushes to get their tickets. Then hotel apocalypse happens. Everyone spends a bunch of money to get their hotel. And now we're getting within that window where people are going, okay, now I can actually think about what I'm going to do outside of the convention while I'm there. So I think we're starting to see tickets are going. We've got, um, we really have what this is, what Mosh Eisley is turning into is quite a thing. The sponsors that we have signing on that are helping us throw this thing, there is a humongous reason to come to Mosh Eisley besides just a fantastic party in terms of like what we're giving. We've got like, we're partnering up with, we've got like Schechter Guitars, New Belgium. Uh, let's see, we've got Punch It. Of, of our actual friends, we've got Crafted Cores, Lightsabers Strongly Encouraged. We've got Punch It Chewy Press. Like we're gaining, it seems like we're gaining new sponsors and people to help us throw this party like every day yeah. uh, so it is literally going to be the most fun and by far it's going to be the biggest mosh isley we've ever done so uh make sure Next you level. head over yeah make sure you head over to mosh and scoop your tickets because they're gonna be gone <laughs> and as of the time of this recording it's 37 days from now dude I, uh, that just freaked me out a little bit. There you go. Gulp. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So moshisley.com for tickets. All the links are there. It's just a link tree. It's simple. Go there. Check it out. Dudes, again, thanks for hanging. Patrons, thanks for being with us. Listeners and viewers, thanks for listening and watching. And until next week, may the force be with you. If you enjoy Thank the Maker, you can support us by following and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or you can support us directly at patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod, where you can get access to our Discord server, exclusive content, exclusive merch, our recording live stream, and more. Our patrons quite literally make Thank the Maker possible.